Would you please stay standing for our gospel reading from Luke 21. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, as for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen and what will be the sign that they are about to take place? He replied, watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name claiming, I am he, the time is near, do not follow them. When you hear of wars and revolutions, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines and pestilences in various areas and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you. They will deliver you to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors, and all on account of my name. This will result in your being witnesses to them. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves, for I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by, your, by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. All men will hate you because of me, but not a hair on your head will, be, will perish. By standing firm, you will gain life. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, let those in the city get out, and let those in the country not enter the city. For this is the time of punishment, in fulfillment of all that has come to be written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on by Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. There will be signs in the sun moon and stars on the earth nations will be in anguish and perplexity at, at the roaring and tossing of the sea men will faint from terror apprehensive of what is coming on the world for the heavenly bodies will be shaken at that time they will see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and glory when these things begin to take place stand up and lift your heads because your redemption is drawing near be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you will be able to escape all that is about to happen. And that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, the Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's good to be with you all this morning. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to report that down at our indie site, as of this week, we have heat, which is a wonderful blessing. So thank you for your continued prayers and support. The apocalypse. Armageddon. Such are the things that, that, that Hollywood movies are made of from not long after they started making movies. From the 1950s until the 80s, a lot of these, these end-of-the-world movies, uh, the end of the world was being brought on by, by, by Martians and aliens. 
uh, or maybe the threat of nuclear war, giant monsters from across the sea. You know, from the 90s up until now, you know, sometimes we're already in that, that post-apocalyptic uh, thing in the movies. You know, the, the nuclear winter has already taken place. Or Dr. Bob reminded me last night, the zombie apocalypse. Or maybe, maybe an asteroid is hurtling towards Earth or, or a cataclysmic uh, weather event or uh, all sorts of things that, that bring on the end of the world. And then, of course, Bruce Willis or Nicolas Cage or Will Smith swoop in and save the day. Stop the world from ending. Right? Because who wants the world to end? When we look at society, when we look at these movies of, of art imitating life, the reason that we have a hero swooping in is because we don't want the world to end. We don't want those scary things to take place. We want to be saved from them. But as we think about the, the end of days, about, about apocalypses coming, about, about the, the, the world ending, we can start to wonder ourselves, what will it be like if it happens while I'm alive? Will I be able to survive everything that's going on? Is there even a hope of survival? Or, or maybe on, on the other side of the coin, maybe we just stop caring. Maybe after the 2,000 years since Jesus has, has ascended into heaven, we start going, it's not really going to end. All those doomsday soothsayers are just wax. And we're going to continue living here on the earth as long as it will let us. But that lengthy reading that we heard today is filled with the kind of imagery that make up these, these end-of-time movies. And as Pastor Max said, this topic always comes at this point in the church year. Next year is the very, very end of the church calendar. And we talk about, about heaven and, and the end of, of days and Jesus returning. And I think it's probably something that we as believers need to spend a little bit more time thinking about and paying attention to than we do. And so let's look at what Jesus has to say to us about the end of days and also what hope he gives us in the midst of it. The reading begins with, with Jesus and his disciples sitting outside of, of the temple in Jerusalem and just going, man, this building is fantastic. It was world famous at the time. Uh, they, they say that, that some of the, the um, pillars were 40-foot marble. The historian Josephus says that whatever wasn't covered in gold gleamed a vibrant white. And it was adorned with all sorts of things got, that, that got added over, over the, the ages, and, as, as they said, as, with adornments that were, were dedicated to God. One of the Herods had uh, donated a, a golden grapevine that surrounded the entire temple with grape clusters that were as tall as a man. So can you imagine being, being a, a faithful Jew coming up to Jerusalem and seeing the temple, the holy place of worship and sacrifice, gleaming and shining for all to see? Man, Jesus, isn't this building something else? And Jesus says, as for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Wow, Jesus. We were just kind of enjoying this and it had to be a wet blanket. The disciples asked questions that, that, that we would probably ask. When is that going to happen? 
and how will we know that it's about to happen? And notice that Jesus doesn't answer the first question at all. But he does answer the second. He does let them know that, that there's ways that they will know that it's about to happen. And as you dig into the text, you'll see that there's actually two things that Jesus is talking about. He tells his disciples about the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. And this is something that will affect them and their lives. They will experience that in their lifetime. And then Jesus also talks about the last days when he will return. That's something that affects the entire world and all of us. So let's start by looking at, at what Jesus talks about, the, the, the destruction of Jerusalem. Jesus tells his disciples that some of these things must happen. And when they do, they'll know that the end is coming, but the end won't be right away. Jesus says, this is how you know that the destruction of Jerusalem is going to happen. There's going to be false teachers. There's going to be false Christs who come saying, I am he, the end is near. There's going to be wars and uprisings and revolutions. There's going to be earthquakes and, and famine and, and pestilence or disease. There's going to be fearful events and great signs. Jesus says these are the things that will signal that the destruction of the temple is close at hand. And then he goes on, you disciples, you, you will be seized and persecuted. You'll be handed over to synagogues for trial. You'll be imprisoned. You'll be betrayed by friends and family. And some of you will be killed on account of faith in Jesus. Brothers and sisters, we don't, we don't need to go much further than the book of Acts to see those things beginning to play out in the disciples' lives. Stephen is stoned, the first believer in Jesus to be killed for his faith. James is, is the first apostle to lose his life on account of Jesus. Before Paul's conversion to Christianity, he was out there taking part in the persecuting and the arresting and the trying and the killing of Christians. These things must happen, Jesus says. And most of that happens in the book of Acts. And then Jesus continues, you will see armies surrounding Jerusalem. When you see armies surrounding Jerusalem, that's how you know that desolation is near. Now when armies surround a city, it makes sense to get inside the city walls to be protected. But Jesus says, don't do that. In fact, flee. Get out of the city. Go, go, go into the mountains. Get as far and as high as you possibly can. And, and if you see people trying to get into the city, keep them out. Because those who remain in the city will be killed and taken away. Jesus promises that Jerusalem will be trampled and it will be a time of punishment. 70 AD, just, just two and a half decades after Jesus said these words, just a few years after the book of Acts finishes up, Rome begins to attack Jerusalem. More than one million Jews are killed. 97,000 of them are carried away captive. They set the temple on fire and they tear it down. Historians tell us that the Romans then went in and pried the stones apart to try and get at the gold leaf that had melted and gone between the stones. Not one stone left upon another. Utter destruction. And even to this day, 
the temple stands destroyed. Stands destroyed. The temple is destroyed. But Jesus' prophecy came to fruition. And if the destruction of Jerusalem has happened, that means that we have begun the end of days. And that means that you and I are smack dab in the midst of it. And so we hear these words, and, and we ask, when will this happen? And just like the disciples, Jesus doesn't answer that question. But he does tell us the signs that we will see to know that it is happening. Some of the signs are, are exactly like what, what the disciples saw before the destruction of Jerusalem. False teachers in Christ? We have to go that far back in history to remember Jim Jones or, or David Koresh or, or any of the other numerous doomsday cult leaders saying, follow me, I know when the end is near, believe in what I have to say. Wars and uprisings? Has there been a time when there has not been wars and uprisings? Just look at what's going on in Syria or Bolivia or Venezuela. Earthquakes and the tsunamis that happen after them, it seems like such a regular occurrence anymore. And famines and, and, and disease like, like Ebola spreading through the world. Fearful events, great signs. Then you've got the persecution, arrest, betrayal, and, and killing of Christians. We may not experience such things happening here in our country, but if we look around the world and we hear the stories from churches all over, we know that there are brothers and sisters in the faith who are losing their lives because they believe in Jesus Christ. These signs are still going on in our lives. And then Jesus adds on to, to those signs. He says that there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. He says that, that nations will, will, will be in turmoil and confusion because of the roaring of the seas and, and, and the tumult of them, that men will faint because of the horrible things that are going on. Jesus says that heavenly bodies will be shaken. It almost sounds as if he is, he is talking about the, the order of creation being ripped apart. And then Jesus says that this is when the world will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with great power and glory. Coming in a cloud. This is, this is the same glory cloud that, that the Israelites saw descend upon the mountain and lead them through the wilderness. This is the same glory cloud that Peter, James, and John saw when Jesus was transfigured before their eyes. And this is the same glory cloud that the disciples would see as Jesus is carried up into heaven. And the angels who said, just as you saw the Son of Man leave, you will also see him return, coming on a cloud with great power and great might to exact judgment on the living and the dead. Brothers and sisters, taken at face value, these words are frightening. And Jesus certainly doesn't sugarcoat them. It definitely will be an awesome and terrifying experience at the, at the end of days. And in fact, it is sometimes an awesome and terrifying experience just to be living amongst the warning signs that we see around us. So how in the world are we able to keep from succumbing to fear that surrounds us and will only increase as that day comes closer? One of the interesting things is, is in, this, in this scripture passage, where Jesus is talking about these warning signs and, and these horrible things that will come, he sprinkles hope and encouragement for the believers, for you and for me. 
In verse 28, he says, when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Now, it's important to, to realize where in Jesus' ministry this, this sermon comes. Jesus and his disciples have entered Jerusalem for what will be Jesus' last time. Where Jesus will soon be betrayed by his friends. Where Jesus will soon be handed over and arrested. Where Jesus will soon be tried, accused, and killed on a cross. The things that Jesus warns his disciples about, he is about to undergo himself. But it's on that cross where you and I were declared righteous before God's eyes. And it's on the cross that our redemption had begun. And so Jesus tells us that when we see these awesome and terrifying things take place, that we will know that our redemption is drawing near. That Jesus, the Son of Man, will return to finish the redemption he started on the cross that he will bring it to fulfillment, that he will bring it to completion, and he will put an end to sin and death and the devil forever. Which is why we don't want a Bruce Willis or, 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 or a Will Smith coming in and saving the day and, and putting a stop to it. We want the true son of God, the son of man to come to bring the end so that through that, the new beginning will start. And our eternal lives will go on with him that brothers and sisters is what gives us hope even in the midst of the turmoil that surrounds us but between now and then jesus gives us many more words of encouragement in this passage he tells us to watch out to to pay attention to what's going on around us so when we see false teachers and false christs come up that as we, we stay close to Jesus and his word, we will be able to test the spirits and see that they are false. Jesus tells us, don't be afraid. Even in the midst of, of all these terrifying things, we have been saved. Even in the midst of these terrifying things, they mean that Jesus is drawing near. He tells us that we will bear testimony to him. Whether, whether it's, it's while we are being persecuted or, or, or arrested or questioned or just living our lives, we will have opportunities to give testimony to Jesus and the good news that he brings. And I love that Jesus does, he, he doesn't tell us just to not worry about what we're going to say. He said, make your mind up ahead of time not to be worried about what to say because I will give you the word. Because when words fail us, the Holy Spirit will give us words to speak that our opponent will, will not be able to refute and that will prove to be true. And brothers and sisters, as we share those words, as we share the testimony of Jesus Christ, God's word will not return void. As people hear the testimony that we bring, we will draw others to the truth of Jesus. He says, stand up and lift up your heads. When you see these things happen, don't cower in fear, but stand up. Stand up confidently and joyfully because we know that Jesus has already paid the price for our sin. He has already taken the judgment for our sin upon himself. So stand up and lift up your heads. 
because Jesus is returning to put an end to it forever. He tells us to be careful because the world will try and, and get us caught up in fearful fervor. Because the world will try and take our attention away from Christ and his return. Because the world will try and lull us into a false sense of security that, we, that, that the world has nothing to worry about and that the world won't end. So Jesus tells us to be careful. And finally, he tells us to always be on watch and to pray. Jesus is returning. Is it going to be soon? According to our calendars, maybe, maybe not. According to God's timeline, yes. Jesus is returning, and so we need to watch and pray. Jesus says, watch so that we can see the signs that he tells us we'll, we'll see. And he says, pray. Pray that we will be able to endure, to stand firm. That we'll only be able to do by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we endure to the end, Jesus says that we will win life. And then finally, he says, pray. Pray that you will be able to stand before the Son of Man when he returns. And it is only by God's grace that we will. So brothers and sisters, as we, you might see these fearful events taking place in our lives right now, stand up. Lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near for our eternal good. Amen.